Hey, welcome to the Mostly Skateboarding Podcast. I'm your host, Templeton Elliott, and I'm joined, as always, by Mike Munzenreiter and Jason from Frozen and Carbonite. This week, we're talking about the skaters' urge to create and product hoarding. In these times of perceived scarcity, some have the urge to stockpile necessities like toilet paper and bottled water. We, as skaters, have been stockpiling artifacts for decades. Mike, what's in your stash? Ooh, what's in my stash? I've got a... I should have double-checked what the actual Lakai shoebox is that holds about 15 years' worth of stickers. So it's a Lakai size 10. It's a Penza brown and suede. That was the shoe that turned into Brandon Beeble's pro model. He skated a lot of Penzas in, like, 2005. So that shoebox is completely packed full of uh rounds and rounds of local skateboard and shop stickers skateboard company and shop stickers um i've got like 500 the high five big hand stickers that i came up with because of uh todd bratrude's local connections he was the guy that did that company i think that's a sticker box and then i've got a stack of used decks in the former laundry room in my basement, probably like 15 deep. Um, decks on the wall, but I don't know if these are the decks on the wall necessarily count as skateboarding. I've still I mean, got that's a couple. Fine art. That's fine art. And I've got I've got Bruins, Nike Bruins, and shoe boxes. Um, I've got a random pair of those Nike soccer shoes in a shoe box from like 2013, whatever the like second iteration of those was. And I am down to one bag of Shorty's 7 8 Allen Wrench hardware after I bought, like, three bags of those off Amazon, I want to say, like, four years ago now. I bought a bunch of hardware on Amazon so that I could have the hardware I like because the shop stopped wanting to buy Shorty's. So um, I think that's just a taste of all the gear I've, I've, I've hoarded. And I think it's just, like, you like the stuff, so you never want to run out of it because, that, like, if you get neurotic enough, you worry about that stuff. Like, what if I don't have the right hardware for a skateboard setup? Does that does that kind of like play out for you guys? Uh, not so much <laughs> with the hardware, although I do have like uh one of those like you know those like uh Tupperware or not Tupperware fucking it's like a big Tupperware like a plastic container that's like like a really big. long. Oh, well, yeah, bin, yeah. It's bin. Got the one, yeah, the one that's kind of long and flat, so it fits under your bed. I have one of those oh, yeah. that's that's basically filled with every pair of trucks and set of wheels that I've skated for, like, the past 12 years. What's the end game with that? <laughs> the end game? Uh, well, if, like, well, if at some point in the future, with the with the wheels, I don't know. It's just, it's uh, in, it, insane. It's the delusion, but... With the trucks, like if I went up to like 8.25, I have like some of the Thunder uh, 147s. No, yeah, with the uh, 8.25 axle, or if someone wanted some at mm-hmm. some point. But yeah, as as far as other types of hoarding, also got the uh, stack of used boards. Also have the board wall, but like I said, that's just like art. You know what I mean? It doesn't really count as hoarding, right? It has like you know decorate your home and whatnot. Also have stickers. Uh, my stickers are like in a file, one of those like folders where that closes with like a, an elastic. But at mm-hmm. some at some point, I need to organize them. I need to get one of those like you know those like accordion alpha sorters. Yeah, 
things. There's like an accordion file with like a tab for each other alphabet. I need to get one of those and sort them by brand because I can never find like a whatever a season sticker when, when I'm looking for one. <laughs> so I haven't really gotten there yet. But also, there's also like gear, like old T-shirts and like sweatshirts. Like I have this four star pullover from like the first run of four stars. It was like it was like a three quarters that pullover with a hood, which is wow. weird. But also, but it also has like the this mesh pocket, which I assume is for drugs. Like you couldn't fit anything else there on the sleeve. <laughs> so that's that's pretty dope. I, I also like Mike. I also have every pair of shoes, most every pair of shoes I skated for the past twelve years, um, including. The PJ Lad DCs from like ten years ago that were built like a tank. Yeah, I think those were billed as the most expensive skate shoes ever when they came out. Yeah, as like a selling point. Yeah, yeah, like as a selling point. Yeah, so, something like that. They were, they were good. I, I enjoyed skating, but yeah, they were built like a friggin' tank. Just to jump in on on my hoarding of shoes. It's mostly, and it's diminished greatly right now, but I, I used to keep Bruins, only new Bruins. Like, the, the pipeline for the old Bruins was, like, house beaters, and then, like, sub-house beaters, and then lawn mowing shoes, and then garbage can shoes. So, just to, just to clarify. Yeah, same. Yeah, pretty much, yeah, yeah, I got the lawn mowers. Which are... I've still got some Costin ones as my lawn mowing shoes. <laughs> S Costin ones? No, no, uh, damn, not that old. A Nike SB Costin. Okay, okay. They're like ripped. Oh up. yeah, they're pretty sick. I, I actually really miss those shoes. Yeah, those are pretty good. I remember those. I think I had a but. I have a but. I had a buddy, no longer a buddy. No, I I have a buddy who is a Costin two devotee. Wow, very rare. That's a sidebar. Maybe maybe it was the Costin ones, but Jason, any, anything you're missing from your uh, from your stash? uh well yeah dvds i guess but that doesn't really count because that's like a like a media collection um hoarding yeah. is like to clarify it means like shit that s- serves no purpose that you just hang on to for no no apparent reason or i think or, uh, what are we talking here i think what 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 hits in my mind is it's like stuff that could be useful but it's only useful if it's actually being used like yeah. boards on the wall great um Maybe even shoes in a box, like those. Those will no, they, that they fall into the the category that I'm thinking. Like they aren't doing you any good unless you tap into them. So it's like hardware in the tool drawer that just sits there. Like I have actually taken out my shorty's seven eighth inch Allen hardware and like looked at it and been like, damn, I'm so happy I have this for the future, but. Otherwise, I think I think it's just stuff that doesn't do you any good unless you use it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Does yeah. that play? Yeah, that's Templeton? what. I, or yeah, Jason. Yeah, that's what I was thinking too. Yeah, that seems right. And when you guys started talking about shoes, I was like, oh shit, I like definitely am hoarding shoes because I'll be like, I'll find a shoe that I like, and I'll be like, all right, that's the only shoe I like, so send me those shoes. And then like, like basically what happens is before those that new set of the shoe that I like comes, I run out and then I'll start skating a different shoe. And then I'm like, this is the shoe. This is the (laughs) shoe that I like. (laughs) Then I've got like three pairs of the old shoe that was my favorite and they just like sit there. (laughs) So I'm like hoarding these shoes that like, I probably will never skate. Like I've got a bunch of the, um, 
shit, the Nike SB shoes that um, they're kind of soccery. Fuck. The I Gatos? Yeah. No, not the Gatos. I really like the Gatos. I, I had stockpiled some Gatos. I think I got the Gatos in black, first ones. Yeah, great shoes. But yeah, I'm like sitting on several boxes of SBs that I'm probably never going to wear because I'm onto a different, uh, <laughs> a different shoe. I actually really like the um, the Blazer Chukka, which I think they stopped making, and I don't have any in my stash. So I think they're back. Ooh. Yeah, last time I was at the shop. That's good news for me. Yeah. Yeah, hit up Commonwealth on the internet and see if they can send you some. Good call. Yeah, I kind of, uh, I kind of don't like to stockpile shoes that much because, like, I like to have the new shit. You know what I mean? Plus, I kind of think in the back of my head, oh, maybe they'll come out with uh, some new shoe that's like perfect and is like the best shoe ever, and I'm gonna want to skate it. You know what I mean? So that's one kind of aspect of hoarding that I don't do. Also, I, oh, I, I gotta do quick counterpoint. I actually okay. like, because um, I've only skated the Bruin for a really long time, I actually like having like this kind of retro by three years. It's happened. Right, 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 right. Colorway where it's like, whoa. Like, you know, dudes yeah. who... who yeah. yeah. And it, though I've noticed that, like, especially with that shoe, it improved. Like, they've remade it probably three times. Nike has remade it three times. But even within those, like, three generations, there's noticeable differences between, like, the first round of shoes and then, like, three colorways down where they're a lot grippier or, you know, shit just works better with them. So there is something to be had about, like, having the latest models, even in the shoes you like. True. Yo, would y'all ever stockpile decks or nah? Mm. I would, for sure. Like, back, back when I wrote for the Skateboard Mag and people would send me shit, like, Zoo, Zoo York would hook it up. You know, they'd be like, yeah, here's six boards. So I would have, like, six of the exact same board for, like, you know, that's, like, a year's supply for me. So yeah, definitely. I just had these boards on ice, which, for me, always made me feel, like, really comfortable knowing that I have a board at home. So, like, if the board that I'm riding breaks or, like, gets chipped or whatever, like, you know... I got one at home. I might even bring bring a sec- an extra with me if I was like, you know, gonna get down on something right. or going on a trip. Baller status, dude. It was luxurious. <laughs> well, I was just thinking, like, you know, the extra extra on the sesh. I, I get it if it if it's a trip, but like extra on the sesh, it's pretty baller. Yeah, yeah one I, or uh... I, felt, I felt baller at the time, and that was also <laughs> I was running new deck, new wheels always. Yeah, yeah, that's. That's a thing of the past. Like I, I would do that anytime a new board is happening. It's like, oh yeah, gonna get these spits, classic fifty twos, green. It's gonna be okay. But um, actually, Formula Fours have kind of ended that out of like not necessity, but just out of reality. That's a whole other topic. But excuse me. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. One or two is cool, but like. In the back of my head, I kind of think any more than that. Like if you just keep them in your house too long, they'll uh, they'll lose the pop. Whoa, is that a thing? Or I mean, we'll you see. gotta you gotta like store them in like a temperature controlled environment. Right. You can't put them in the attic right. or like the basement or whatever in the wintertime or like garage in the wintertime. Like they gotta be in in the house. Right. You know? If you're cold, they're cold. Bring them inside. See, I found that 
our back door is super drafty. So last winter or the winter before, time time makes no sense under quarantine. I think we all, we're all realizing that. For sure. But uh, a couple of the boards that I was skating would warp super bad. And so I'm very cognizant of warping boards right now. And uh, yeah, so that's like a, a reason I wouldn't stockpile decks just because I'd be afraid of them warping like that uh, aisle skateboards Mike Arnold that I mentioned last episode. Like it's in my living room. <laughs> it's basically not leaving that zone because, you know, it's relatively stable temperatures. But I, I have been picking it up not recently, but I did buy it now like a week ago, a week and a half ago. So in the early offings, I was I was checking, make sure it didn't warp. And I actually checked my board if it's warped. Like the one I'm skating, I'll check its alignment and just make sure. It's very paranoid, right? Right with that. I had two or three decks warp and, you know, it is all mental, but is what it is. Yeah, you'd think the skateboard decks would be shelf stable, but, you know, in, in these mm. times it seems not. I've definitely so, had boards left in a trunk that were like mush in the, you know, North Carolina summer. Oh, yeah. No, that's death. Even like the board you're skating in the summertime, you got to bring it in. Right. Yeah. Like grip state grip tape starts like having these weird spots on it and shit. Sunspots, man. Yeah. Um, Templeton, I don't think we ever got like a proper rundown of your stash. Oh, you know, it's it's like you guys' stash. I got, like, my sticker drawer with, you know, decades worth of stickers, um, old boards, uh, a bunch of shoes in the attic, and I actually have a box of new boards that will never get skated that I've just, like, acquired throughout time. That Like, I'm not a boards-on-the-wall guy, uh, but I have the original Alien Workshop Andy Warhol series. Oh, yeah, I remember that. The, the whole series? The whole series, yeah. I saw it sell at an auction, like a fine art auction, for like 2000 bucks. Mm. So I was like, hmm, I'm going to make an art investment and get these boards. So I've had those boards for like however long, and they just sit in the garage. And then I've got like some random boards. Like, you know, again, this is from like when I worked at the Skateboard Mag, and like Plan B just like sent me this like Pat Duffy Primus reissue Ever Slick board. And, like, I don't think I'm ever going to ride it, but um, hmm. I don't want to get rid of it. And then, like, yeah, some other just, like, random boards. Like, some friends had some, like, like a shop pro model board and stuff like that. But they're just, like, you know, in a couple of board boxes. But, like, never going to get skated. Rarely looked at. But I'm not going to get rid of them. I don't know. It's, like, a weird, like, it's like an albatross around my neck almost. So why couldn't those, like, go up in your garage or... Um, I lived in a house that my buddy owned and we were all, it was a skate house that my skate buddy owned. He, uh, drilled a bunch of boards into the basement ceiling. Like, why can't they go on display somewhere? I don't know. I don't really like them enough to display them. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I got the Warhol boards purely as an investment, not because I like was super stoked on them or anything. I was just like, shit, if somebody's going to pay two grand for these, like maybe I can get two grand for them but I've never tried to sell them. So it's just like dumb. Uh. <laughs> yeah. I got a, uh, I got a couple boards like collector boards that I haven't put on the wall yet. The, uh, that not as double board reissue from a while ago. And, uh, that cliche 
I don't know if y'all remember this, like the Last Supper board with all like the World Industries characters. Uh, yeah, that one like they, screen printed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I should probably just put them up in the uh, in the Frozen and Carbonite offices here, because if someone came by and saw them, they might I don't know freak out or whatever. If, yeah. if they're not aware of like the context of like the satire, I think we talked about this before, but yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I gotta mount, put them up on the wall here in the Frozen and Carbonite headquarters. So if there's any any boards of like at all note aside from my Jim Greco Death Wish uh, Cobra board, failing is the disease, hammers are the cure. That one's on the wall. That's that's not going oh, that's anywhere. A, that's, that's a sick one. <laughs> but uh, Iota Skateboards was a local brand. Don't add a phobia skate shop was like actually had really great art direction. Um, Steve Nesser was a pro. Um, and a, and a and a dude named Aaron Horky did like a graphic series for him, and he's big enough to have a Wikipedia page. He's a Minnesota artist, but uh, my buddy has has claimed that like he's been offered like a thousand dollars for a single deck of this Aaron Horky Iota skateboards series, and I've got two Aaron Horkies in my basement. They're a little, I mean, they've been moving around for twenty, yeah, twenty years. They're a little like scuffed up because of that. Any Aaron Horky fans out there, Iota brand, got you. Hit up Templeton. <laughs> I'll broker the eBay a deal. link is in the show notes. <laughs> yeah, link in the show notes to some Aaron Horky. Aaron Horky? Horky. H O R K E Y. Yeah. Yeah, we'll link to the Wikipedia and maybe a Google image search or something. Yeah. There'll be something for you for you to look at in the show notes for sure. So if there's one thing that you guys are like presently trying to hoard, um, I just bought some bones. They're marketed as a filmer's wheel, but they're just like soft and little. Like I got 52 millimeter ADA durometer wheels that I ordered today just because like, I don't know. I've been thinking about having a soft wheel actual setup for a while and I've got them on a cruiser. They're great. But I don't have any bearings to put in them, so I don't know like when I'll actually use them. Or like if there's anything that you guys always want to grab up. I know Templeton, you mentioned shoes. Jason, like what are you always like on the hunt for? Oh, uh, dunk mids for sure because they don't come out with them that often. So, what size so shoes do you wear, Jason? Uh, eleven, eleven in dunks. I might Low have. I might have some eleven dunk mids. Oh shit. They might be ten and a half though. Oh yeah, that would probably be too small. Thanks though. I'll I'll have to check my stash. And Mike, yeah, I yeah. definitely have some Autobahn bearings. Whoa. Yeah. Autobahn. In, in my stash. Yeah. <laughs> I need to send you guys some care packages with your shirts. You guys need to send me your addresses. I am a ten point five Nike. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Somebody's Red getting up. those dunks. Uh, yeah. I don't know what I'm holding on to. Just or what are you looking out for? Um, I don't know. I have like I have like a major like uh like hoarding tendency or like like a pack rat kind of vibe, you know? Like I, I like never throw out like offcuts of wood when I'm like building something or something like that. So it's like yeah. something I have to actively like keep in check. So I'm not like super hoarding stuff. Also I moved across the country like six years ago and that was like a big like purge of stuff that I might have been hoarding and then like realization that maybe I don't need to keep up with all this stuff. But yeah, shoes, 
I guess I'm probably hoarding um, kind of with the shoes. It's kind of like, I don't know when my hookup is going to end. So like mm. <laughs> kind of want to stockpile for when that happens. And I can that just is very it. real. That is very real. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt, but just wanted to say that is very real. <laughs> What do you mean? What's real? Like losing the hookup or? Uh, well, I, I guess that just that mind state where it's like um, gravy train probably, you know, probably doesn't describe your situation perfectly. But like just in basic terms, it's like, oh, OK, got this good thing going. <laughs> got to make sure it doesn't all fall apart. So we're going to just ride this until the end. And I'm going to stock up. You know, it's just like. Uh, I mean, it is disaster prepping in a way. Yeah, it kind of is. That's what happened with my my hookup at Zoo. My dude was at Zoo, and like long after I stopped working at the skateboard mag, he was still hooking it up. And I waited just a little bit too long, and you know, like I sent the email, like, "Hey, like, can I get a box?" And never heard anything. And then, like, you know, kind of ran into him online or whatever, and was just like, "Hey, like, you know, are you still at Zoo?" And he's like, "Ah, I left a little while ago." And I was like, "Fuck." Would have been great to get like one last box. Was that it, it floated me for like a year? Oh, was that? Um, he had a great Celtic name. Oh yeah, uh, Seamus or something. Yeah. No, no, not Seamus Deegan. He left uh. like way before that. It's uh, this dude Ben. Okay. Uh, he's like outside of skateboarding now, but he always hooked it up. Hooked it up fat. Props, Ben. Yeah. Major shout out to Ben. Um, yeah. So. Always hoarding uh, a little bit of something in preparation for to hook up to fall <laughs> off. I mean, we're all hoarding these used skateboard decks, like we're gonna make something out of it. Um, yeah, see, I think I I do want to know, like, what do we think we're actually gonna do with them? Because I used to be good at leaving old decks at the shop or something, and then all of a sudden I started holding on to them, and now I've got. A dozen of them in my basement so what do we think we're actually doing with them again yeah with the old decks it's kind of just like cool something that's cool to have because it's a physical record of the shit you did on yeah. that deck know what i mean yeah so i don't know what it is for me i mean i think part of it is like oh this is like this is like a backup deck you know because i don't have any more like new decks on ice like i used to so the old deck is like all right, if, like, I break my board, I can just, like, you know, limp along on my previous board until I can get a new one. But, I, you know, I only need one for that, and I've got, like, at least ten in my closet. Back in the day, I made a chair out of old boards. Hell yeah. Nice. Yeah, I think I'm, like, there's some sentimental value to it because they actually, like, my stack, I don't know, I'm three, two, four decks a year. So some have been left at the skate shop and others haven't. And now I'm like, I've been writing a lot of Familia skate shop shop decks. <clears throat> Excuse me. And, um, you know, very fortunate to have Todd Bradshaw as like the art guy doing those. So like the decks are cool. And um, <laughs> some of them have like cool slide marks. And, and yeah, suddenly they're worth holding on to. But uh, yeah. It, it's funny. I don't know. For a while, it was like really easy to just to ditch them, and it's still like sometimes cool to take a handful, leave them at the skate park, and just you know let let it happen. But yeah, my, yeah I think my, I might purge my collection, go leave a stack of boards and wheels at the park or something. 
because they're not doing me any good in the closet. So you're feeling a little bit of an urge to make something <laughs> of that stash. <laughs> yeah, there's always an urge to make something uh, in skateboarding. <clears throat> this came up in last week's show. Skaters are always making stuff about skateboarding, zines, blogs, photos, videos, podcasts. Are skateboarders special in their drive to make stuff? Uh, you guys are more well, well-rounded than I am in your media and sports consumption. Uh, Jason, are people out there making basketball zines? Well, you know, way back in the uh, in the height of the Blogspot era, like around 2005, there was like an explosion of basketball blogs. There was like a ton of them, and uh, a lot of those guys went on to work for you know other media, like other media like Grantland, The Ringer, whatever. So kind of for for whatever reason that only happens in basketball though like I don't think there was a bunch of football blogs or baseball blogs so that's another it's kind of interesting but uh uh yeah <laughs> yeah I think I can definitely back up the basketball blog thing and just say there's there's parallels between skateboarding and basketball and that like you know, there, there's like video culture and shoe culture, and there's a yeah. lot of parallels. But um, I think on the overall question, I just don't. I like we're all probably pretty uh, skate biased when it comes down to it. I don't see a lot of parallels within the rest of the other sports world. Just when it's the drive to like do so much with it, like I think we've all wanted to write about it. Perhaps it's it's podcast. Go ahead, is, Templeton. Is it just a human drive to make stuff? <laughs> um, I don't know. I mean, I I was been thinking about this since last week when we brought it up and kind of decided that we were going to talk about it this week. And I was thinking that with other sports, kind of the perceived uh, or like what what's presented in like the professional world is so hard to attain that like. To think that you could make a basketball video or um, something like that, you know, like you have to compete with like what the NBA is presenting. Whereas with skateboarding, it's like just like some dudes with a video camera in a schoolyard, and you're like, oh, like I can just get a video camera, and me and my friends can go skate the schoolyard, and like we can make something just just like what the pros make. So it's just like so much more attainable that you can like wrap your mind around it and be like, yeah, I can like make that. Yeah, yeah, like uh, that's a good point. Like the pretty sure like the the people who were writing basketball blogs and stuff are just you know kind of like us they were you know nerdy they were into you know the culture or whatever of basketball and shit but they weren't like hooping at any level you know what i mean i think i don't know not 100 sure but um yeah i don't know i kind of think it also comes out of like like the diy ethos or whatever in the culture which is kind of related to like punk rock and shit you know what i mean like you make your own t-shirts like you screen like a lot of companies when they start out like screen their own boards in the garage and shit like you know what i mean you make your own catalogs like that type of shit yeah i think like reflecting on what both you and templeton were saying like there's a lot of outside eh, feedback in terms of like oh basketball even if you're a high school basketball player it's like you have a score there's there's a score there's something being counted about what you're doing it might show up in like the neighborhood community newspaper you know even with like punk rock you can put out an album you can do this you can do that but like with skateboarding so much of it is just existing on its own terms 
in like even in your own cruise terms or your own city's terms like i think you know thinking back to the twin cities say 1996 like when i first kind of started paying attention there wasn't anything happening here unless people were doing it on their own so videos came out and we saw those videos like us little ass kids and we started making stuff so i think it's a reflection of like there isn't like an easy way to put it to the outside does that phrasing make sense i think so yeah like like a high school basketball kid can like strive to like you know, have the newspaper shoot a photo with him. But yeah, like, skateboarders his... don't have that. It's like, if you want to get a photo shot, you got to like call up your buddy who like brings his dad's camera down to the spot and shoots a photo, or like he's taking photography class and uses like the school darkroom to process those pictures. Yeah, yeah, like, uh, like, yeah, like it's way different from basketball because there's no built in like media apparatus like you know what i mean there's no espn like there's no re- you know reporters in the locker room there's no yeah there's no you know what i mean skating wasn't on like whatever tnt on thursday night so like we had to like create the media or whatever you know what i mean like even like thrasher when it started out was basically like a zine you know what i mean so right like i remember reading slap in the 90s and that was like you know pretty low budge and like you know felt pretty attainable and also, I think that skateboarding has had a DIY culture for so long. It's, like, easy for us to, it, like, there's so many examples of people who've done it, you know, like, Slap. And I think Thrasher had, like, zine reviews. So it's just, like, yeah. oh, shit, like, oh, my yeah. little ass zine, I could send it to Thrasher and they might print it in, like, you know, the self-proclaimed Bible of skateboarding. So it's, like, yeah, they still have so they, they still have zine reviews just about, like, every other month or some shit. Damn, I need to need to get cracking on my zine. <laughs> yeah, hell yeah. Well, what was it? The uh, Chromeball Jacob Rosenberg interview. I'm trying to pull it up just so that I don't flub the H Street video. Shackle me not. Was that the first H Street video? Yeah. I mean, it's always kind of been secondhand uh, mythology for me, but like that video unlocked the idea of you don't have to have the polished. Powell Peralta production to go out and document skateboarding like and that probably just set it on the trajectory I mean I remember for some reason troubleshooters the San Diego video from like 95 96 maybe 97 comes to mind where I don't know if it was like less polished than the 411s and like the plan b secondhand smoke that I'd seen at the time but like that somehow set me off as like Okay, this is doable, and maybe I maybe I kind of figured out that that was dudes from the Midwest in San Diego doing stuff. I yeah, what, what is it about like just kind of seeing it, but knowing that you could actually do it too? I, I I'm not sure what the what gave us the idea that we could leap to doing it ourselves. Well, yeah, that's that's why local videos are so tight because it's like it's just you know people using whatever spots are in your city or whatever and like making something tight so you think like oh i can go out you know try whatever at this spot you know try this thing at that spot blah 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 blah. yeah i think also just skateboarding smallness or relative smallness you know it's pretty easy to know about somebody who maybe got sponsored or something or like even was just getting like shop flow it just seemed like oh shit they're like on the path you know like in in my city like 
Mark Johnson is from Winston-Salem, North Carolina, where I'm from. So it was like, oh, like that dude, that's like a dude that like there's stories about like, you know, he did that there. And then uh, Brian Dale was another dude from Winston-Salem. And uh, that was a dude who like worked at the shop and like I actually met and talked to and like he was standing next to Cairo Foster in his Wheels of Fortune. And I was just like, oh, shit, you like lived with this dude who's in 411 holy shit <laughs> and you know it's just like it makes the world so small just to like have that like you know like little in into the wider world of professional skateboarding i think that's a that is in a way like what what drives some of the creative drive because skateboarding is still so small i mean I, you know, even demos way back in the day, like a creature demo <laughs> in a parking lot where, you know, it rained and there was never any skating. But I think that that like proximity helped us understand that we could be so close. And then like Darren Everett is from Minnesota. The the vert, what's his nickname? The vert vertical vampire. vampire. Vertical vampire. vampire. Mike, I'm glad you brought up creativity because I think that that's something that... Uh also drives the skaters urge to make stuff is that skateboarding is inherently creative and it's like an interpretation of you know space or like what's available whereas like you know keep going back to basketball but in basketball there's not that much to interpret you know it's like you know i have a job to do i have to get this ball into this hoop and like you know i have to be creative in how i maneuver around people who are trying to stop me from doing that but it's like not not as creative as trying to put together a line or come up with a photo that would be cool or a podcast concept. It's not an interview. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. Basketball, like I think you, you can be creative to a certain extent, but it's kind of like more technical. Like you're thinking like, all right, like how do I get this guy to move over here so I can get this guy open to get a layup? You know what I mean? It's more like, like tactics and shit. Like, like skateboarding is more like uh, aesthetics you know what I mean? Like, like you're fi- like you're figuring out like, all right, what song is gonna go good with this footage? Like, what trick should I do on this ledge? You know that type of shit. Yeah, I mean, like the the basket basketball analogy is good because I think there there's a lot of similarities, but it's when it comes down to it, you've still got like I don't know what what is it like ninety four feet by whatever whatever feet long it is. So it's really programmatic with basketball, and there's a lot of flair and like. Don't get me wrong, I love basketball, but when it comes to skateboarding, it's like I don't know. You're looking at you're looking at the spot. You're looking at if we're if we're talking about a video, it's like you're looking at the spot. You're looking at how the angle's gonna be. Is it like I don't know, riding along? Are you gonna run along for some reason? I think there's just so much to do with it. Yeah, yeah, music, etc. Yeah, I feel like mediating skateboarding is like such a part of skateboarding you know especially now that everybody has smartphones it's like so rare to go skating and not come back with some kind of media even if it's just like a selfie filmed slappy it's like we're just always creating media around skateboarding and maybe because it's so easy now like maybe basketball players and football players are doing the same shit and it's just like i just don't know about it but it's like so ingrained in skate culture to film but what is that drive like is it just because we've been watching skate videos forever and like I think we're all I think every skater is interested in seeing what they look like, you know, doing whatever. 
I don't know. Yeah, it's like I I did a kickflip. <laughs> what the fuck did that look like? But yeah, is there is there some does like a I don't know defensive back in football like care what he looks like if he's stopping a guy or yeah. I mean, I gotta mm. imagine they like looking at film and like you know like I don't know anything about football, but I really enjoyed Last Chance You. Um, oh yeah, that was dope. That was a dope show. So like, I kind of understand like those dudes watching like game footage and like seeing how they like took somebody out and i think i'm sure they appreciate like the style or like you know i like stopped the dude or like i fucking crushed that dude and like did it look dope when i crushed the dude you know what i mean yeah they they probably get into that like when they sit down and watch film on a whatever tuesday i guess whatever the fuck day they watch film on but (laughs) yeah like like i said like with, with football though it's even more like just tactical than basketball because like the you know i mean you practice the plays and you you go to your certain position and do your job and then like you know i mean everything kind of you know works together based on that but yeah skating i don't know it's hard to like pinpoint how skating is different maybe like you're so obsessed with it in your like uh formative years and it's you know still kind of small so it's conceivable to be a part of it like even if like even if you're not good enough to film a part or whatever or be a sponsor you can like film or take photos or like make a zine or some shit you know what i mean like no like no one's really doing like do-it-yourself basketball photography like you have to yeah be part of the press and all that shit and you know what i mean i guess some people are i guess there are diy basketball podcasters like a shitload of them I think I can speak for the three of us and say that, like, we've all gone, probably endeavored to do more than what equates to, like, and this is funny to say, starting a basketball podcast <laughs> with our homies. Like, you know, Jason had, I, Jason and I have both been writing about skating for a long time. Templeton was, like, doing actual film work. Let me rephrase that. Templeton lived with Steve Barra because he was filming <laughs> skateboarding. Like Templeton has written about skateboarding for a long time and documented it and curated it. And like, you know, all three of us have done, I don't know, probably a lot, if not the majority of our skateboard work, just like unpaid for the fun of it. So what's that drive? Like what, what, what are our personal drives to do this? Cause we're also a, you know, on a podcast that we're doing gratis. And I think we all enjoy it, especially when we're under lockdown. But like, you know, why do all this? Yeah, well, you, you got to have a hobby, I guess. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I, I I don't know why, but I, I think of people who don't have something that they're obsessed with, like skateboarding, and I like feel bad for them. Like, what do you think about? Like, what do you do? Where's your energy go? You know, because I'm always like watching a skate video and I'm like, what can I make a gif out of? Like, how can I talk about this? And like, I don't know, sometimes I'm like, maybe I'm like, it, like sucking the joy out of it. And maybe I should just watch this thing and enjoy it. But I don't know. I, I just that's 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 not the life of the gift king. Like, you know what I mean? You <laughs> didn't choose the gift king life. The, the gift king life chose you. And it was the return of the gift king, <laughs> like very recently. Yeah, a, a short-lived return, and then uh, work got fucking hairball, and I'm like, yeah. uh, barely keep my head above water. But uh, 
Yeah, I don't know. There's just like an urge to create and, you know, maybe skateboarding uh, is like attractive to people who like to create because it's a creative pursuit and like, you know, football or soccer just doesn't satisfy that kind of urge. I don't know. There's there's so many factors. Oh, yeah. Oh, sorry. Wait, just real quick. Yeah, like skaters are, uh, you know what I mean? Just if you do a cross section, they're probably the most some of the most creative people like in terms of like a subculture because, you know what I mean? It. Even if people like get out of it, they're either like a lot of time people are like artists or like they're like a musician, like Danny Garcia and shit, or you know what I mean? Because like the shit you learn in skating, just like you know, being uh, you know, trying shit over and over and over again, you know what I mean, until you make it or whatever, that that can apply anywhere, you know what I mean? Totally, man. That reminds me of an awesome quote I saw on Twitter that I'm gonna try and pull up, Andrew. Uh, Paxel Rose, what's his uh, actual name? Andrew Leakey? I think that's how you yeah. pronounce his name. That sounds Andrew about right. L U E C K E. I think it's just Leakey. Yeah, Andrew Leakey. Shouts to Andrew. Where is this tweet? Furiously typing into the Twitter advanced search engine. <laughs> I was also typing. Oh, here it is. Skating is great because it pushes one towards perfection while also making it clear that what you get is what you get. An amazing lesson about goals, balance, and acceptance. Yeah. yeah. Well said. Yeah. 100%. I feel like that was applicable to what we were talking about. No, that's actually perfect. And I will say, on record, Andrew's one of my favorite Twitter personalities. I mean, he's a real person. I think he's really, really honest on Twitter, and that's why I like him. Yeah, nice great dude. follow. I've never met him, but nice skateboard Twitter guy. Um, I think just of like, I looked it up just because it was like Twitter and skater and people doing things tangent. But um, Anders Nilsson, he, uh, he has illustrations probably far and wide, but in the most recent New York Review of Books, he's got some illustrations of Bernie Sanders. And he used to be a... Uh, Familia headquarters local like I was checking him in every three days. He was who uh, who Bernie or Anders? Uh, God, I, I don't know if I can release this information <laughs> that would like really throw the election into <laughs> into craze. But uh, no, Anders Anders was the local. Oh, oh OK. Sorry. No, I, I, I yeah. Just to build on the fact that yeah, skaters doing cool shit. Skaters kind of intuitively doing cool shit. Yeah, Anders is great. He lived in Portland for a short time. No and, shit. Uh, okay. Yeah, I skated with him a little bit. He was friends with uh, one of my friends who I met through Kyle Beachy, another skate Twitter homie. Yep. Yeah, he just had some illustrations in New York Review of Books, I think. So he's out there doing things, cool things. Yeah, just another skater with an urge to create. Um, so while everybody's stuck at home, you guys should be making shit. Making stuff more than just dumb fucking <laughs> quarantine challenges. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, miss Never me with slammed. The... Don't ask me about slamming. <laughs> don't don't tag me in those things. What what's that one? Like you post like a slam or something? If someone tags you, I guess. Yes. See a slam, uh, send a slam. So that, that's not very chill. <laughs> fucking hate watching slam footage. I actually enjoy watching slam footage. I'm the one responsible for putting uh, Sean Malto's exploding ankle oh, sequence oh on the internet. Yeah. So uh, sorry to everybody who uh, had to 
witness that. But yeah, I, I think uh, seeing flames well, is kind of cool. I think that's a that's a topic for another day. Are you stoked on slams though? Like, can you truly be stoked on slams? Man, sometimes a good slam is what you need to like knock the cobwebs off and like really go for it. So I think we've talked about this, and I agree. Sometimes I am stoked on a slam, Mike. Which brings us to the end of our show, where we talk about what we're stoked on each week. Mike, what other than not seeing slams are you stoked on this week i am stoked on josh kalis like skating in his garage because he is quarantined i would imagine in grand rapids michigan i'm just gonna be really clear here i'm a huge josh kalis fan he is the owner of the best 360 flip of all time that's Um, that's also a topic for another so, okay, I was gonna, I was gonna say anybody that is that the hot take? Discuss. Just no, that's not the hot take. Come on, that's not, come. that's not that hot of a take anyway. No, no, it's, it's the correct take, Jason. But um, all right, I'll just file that away in uh, my note on my phone of uh, show topics. Yeah, yeah, I mean, okay, well, okay. So Kayla's skating in his garage. He has, I don't know, I think it's got to be like a car lift part but he did a slipped out on a switch big spin kickflip backside tail slide slipped out on it you know posted about trying it a long time ago for like Kalis and mono and then today tonight uh thursday he posted it looks like he's got a ramp tech kicker and um a garbage can and he did a three flip off his ramp tech kicker over the garbage can like, he's got, I don't know who's filming it. It might be no human filming, but, like, one of his daughters is in there. Um, he's definitely, like, sheltering in place and putting out good content. And if I got to do, like, a sideways stoked on, Matt Miller had a really great Nolly heel flip off carpet, maybe, that was, like, waist high for us mere mortals. Shout out to Matt Miller. Is, I that's did see the name. Matt Miller one. That's the one where he was like sitting on the on the couch and the board okay, rolls in, you. and then he does it and then kicks the board out. Yep, that's the one. Yeah, that was Moment. very good. Yeah, I mean that was like that was like a couch couch in thirty three percent. That was really big nollie heel, and it was a nollie heel. It's not a switch heel. Watch it. Try to dispute me, but um, yeah, that's what I'm stoked on. I'm stoked on the shelter at home footage. That content. Yeah, also, uh, shout out Kalos for having, like, the cleanest, most organized garage, like, I've probably oh, ever seen. I definitely can't hang with that. Oh, you know, he's on a whole other level with uh, with the garage. You know, he's got, he, I, I will say, I, I saw it only um, tangentially because of looking at his comments, but I think he was explaining to someone, he's got, like, a drop-in flooring, it's diamond plate, kind of hard to skate on, but you can do it, easy to clean. <laughs> Jason, what are you stoked on? Well, uh, this week I'm extra stoked on the Venture Trunk Company out of uh, San Francisco, California, because in the new Thrasher that's should be out like in the next couple of days. I usually get Thrasher like after everyone in the whole world in the mail, but anyway, this month local boy, professional skateboarder, first Come Cohen Sons, uh, Ty Beal has the Venture ad, which is sick. So shout out the homie. Also stoked on a video part that came out 
on Friday with uh, Roman, the Slovakian thug, Lasivka, uh, for primitive, like, super, like, Eurotech, like, as Eurotech as you can possibly imagine. So, big fan of that guy. Does crazy, like, drop-down manual shit at Stalin. So, if you're a fan of that genre, as I am, uh, yeah, that's, like, a must-watch. And also, uh, especially because my weekly bar trivia is on hiatus right now, as you can imagine. Pretty stoked on the daily trivia on the uh, Useless Wooden Knowledge Instagram account. It's just some fun shit for the skate nerds, you know, every day at 3 o'clock. So you got to be quick on the draw, though, like when when they when you post it, because like if you don't get it in the first 20 seconds, like it's over. So got to be quick on the draw with the Useless Wooden Knowledge trivia. I'm having a lot of trouble with the fact that they're asking multiple questions when I just see like one thing in my face and I have to scroll. I'm not good at it. Yeah, I can usually get like one or two. I can. It's very rare for me to get all three, but it's fun. Fun follow for sure. Yeah, stoked on that. Templeton, what are you stoked on? I've been spending a lot of time at my house, as almost everyone listening to this probably is too. And I've been wearing my Keen Hauser Two uh, slippers. I guess they're they're like a little more robust than slippers. They've got like a rubber sole, and they're kind of like a like a Patagonia Nano Puff jacket on a rubber sole with like a memory foam footbed. So fucking a. Yeah, they're like good around the house, and you know I got them for Christmas, and I kind of envision them as like. You know, wear them around the house, you know, walk out to get the mail, you know, kind of not really for public shoes, but I, I've just been in like this very chill mode with the self-isolation and I'll go to the grocery store in these shoes and, uh, you know, drive around to do whatever errand in these shoes and they're, they're great. They're like, it's like wearing slippers out in public, but uh, it feels a little safer than uh, your standard slipper so the keen hauser two slipper shoe is what i'm stoked on this week send send us a box <laughs> <laughs> i want some of them too <laughs> yeah so that's it for our show this week be sure to check out mostlyskateboarding.net for links to the things that we talked about and other show notes you can keep up with us all week online jason where can the people find you on the twitter at carbonite1994 on the Instagram at Frozen Carbonite and writing stuff for CoursenX.com. Nice. Mike, where can the people find you? I am at M Munzenrider on both Twitter and Instagram. Nice. Thank you. So, Templeton, where can we find you? Uh, I'm on Twitter at Mostly Skate and on Instagram at Mostly Skateboarding. Uh, thanks for listening. See you guys next week. Later. Later.